the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plumb Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H dot com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and on the broadcast today, I'll visit with Ray Comfort, president and founder of Living Waters, a California-based ministry, as we discuss evangelism from a biblical perspective. Stay with me for this important discussion, and you can reach me anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Proverbs Payments is a partner with The Plumb Line in helping me to raise the funds necessary for broadcasting this gospel-proclaiming show. Proverbs Payments is a Christian credit card processing company who is kingdom-focused instead of profit-focused. To learn about how they can benefit your business or ministry, visit ProverbsPayments.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to be joined by Ray Comfort, founder and CEO of Living Waters, fantastic ministry that I've had the pleasure of, well, viewing many, many of their videos and reading a number of books from Ray Comfort and having the opportunity in years past to interview him, and I'm really looking forward to visiting with Ray again and talking about evangelism from a biblical worldview. That's our focus for the first part of this series here, and then we're going to tackle a bit about Jehovah's Witnesses and reaching them as well. So looking forward to this. Thanks for joining me, Ray. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. I just want to have you kind of start off here by how the Lord really led you into the ministry that you're in now. I know you weren't uh, always uh, an evangelist by any means, as none of us are, but how did God bring you to the point that you're at now? Boy, well, I got saved in New Zealand, got born twice there, 1972 came to Christ. Mm-hmm. Very frustrated in my evangelism. I did 10 years of using modern methods, running around with a little four spiritual laws booklet, getting decisions for Jesus and seeing no fruit. And I found it very frustrating because I found that in our own church and in church records that something like 90% uh, were falling away from the faith, and it just didn't make sense. And I discovered a portion of a sermon by Charles Spurgeon that blew me away. It was very, very powerful. And it told about the use of the law in evangelism. I didn't know what he was talking about. I typed it in my memory banks. And then the following week, I was about 100 miles from my home, 
I had to speak at a church, and I was studying Galatians, and I looked at Galatians 3.24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. And I subconsciously read that as the law was a schoolmaster to bring Israel to Christ. And I thought, doesn't say that. And so I thought, I wonder if it is illegitimate to use the Ten Commandments, the moral law, in evangelism. So I went out and did, and the guy that listened to me, a non-Christian, stood to his feet and said, I've never heard it put so clearly in all my life. It was like a light went on in his head, a light went on in mine. And so I began teaching a, a teaching that's now called Hell's Best Kept Secret. And I thought I was going to be set aside as a legalist because of that. And the exact opposite happened. We got invited to go back to Hawaii and teach there, I think, seven times to missionaries. pastor from California sat in, heard the teaching, disagreed at first until he studied scripture, called me in New Zealand a number of times, and then said, would you please come and base yourself in the United States? So in 1989, I packed up my family and everything we had and came to live in Southern California. Three years, very quiet. And then suddenly doors opened and our ministry exploded when the teaching was shown to 30,000 pastors and David Wilkerson called from New York and said he had heard the teaching, got me to teach it in his church. Then a number of years later, Kirk Cameron called, said he had heard the teaching. He listened to the audio tape twice and wanted to join ministries. And from there, he took my Bible and taught me from my notes on a large major television network. And our website got, a, I think, a, what's Sorry, a million hits in those, over a million. The network said, please come back and, and teach this more. And Kirk said, no, we'll do a television series on how to share your faith biblically. And so that's what we did. And we're now in our 10th season. for a film crews over in the South Pacific filming for our 10th. And so that's basically what's happened. And our YouTube channel has just passed 265 million views. And so we're very encouraged that these doors have opened and that Christians are learning to share their faith the way the Bible says to, the way Jesus did. Mm. Oh, glory to God. That's just wonderful. I did not realize that it traced back to the late 80s when you came here. And that's a lot of years of the Lord working through living waters. It's fantastic. So the focus now then obviously remains on this biblical method of evangelism, but has anything changed as far as how you accomplish it? Or maybe even better way to ask it is as far as how the ministry operates to get the word out. Well, we've got a lot of different ways to equip Christians to share their faith. We exist for the body of Christ to teach them how to circumnavigate the intellect and to speak directly to the conscience, as Jesus did specifically with the rich young ruler, as Paul did, but the, those who are speaking to him in, book of, in the book of Romans, chapter 2, where he said, you say you shall not steal. Do you steal? You say you shall not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? He was uh, stirring the conscience using the commandments as Nathan did with David when he had committed adultery, coveted his neighbor's wife, lived a lie, stole his neighbor's wife, uh, and then committed murder. So Nathan didn't talk to him about some wonderful plan. He told him a story about a man who stole another man's lamb. And, and David became indignant. He said, that man will store fourfold. He'll die. And then Nathan said to him, you are the man. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord? And then David realized his sin was vertical, that he had sinned against God. And thus we have the penitent prayer of Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions against you and you only have I sinned. And so our reason we exist is to equip Christians. I love the words of D.L. Moody. I'd rather set a thousand to work than do the work of a thousand. 
And that's what we try and do. And we do it through our School of Biblical Evangelism, our School of Biblical Evangelism textbook, our Evidence Bible, Evidence Study Bible, and the television program, plus the YouTube channel. If you watch the YouTube channel, you get to see atheists backslide, Jehovah's Witnesses change their minds, all sorts of things. And it shows you how effective it is to do what Jesus did. And it gets rid of your fears once you realize it's not as hard as you thought. Well, I want to spend a moment, and we're going to spend the whole second uh, part talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses, as I mentioned at the outset here, but I want to spend a a bit of time here by me playing the listener, and uh, I'm just going to kind of set myself up as someone just flipping through the radio dial and tuning in and hearing Jay Brudoff and Ray Comfort talking on the radio here, and uh, I just want to have you do exactly what you do out on the street or wherever you're at and bring me the, the gospel here, and I'll just play the one that is receiving that, and and we can assume that I don't know the Lord Jesus Christ here. Thank the Lord I do. But just go through with us how this is accomplished. Let's just start off a little cold turkey. Jay, do you think there's an afterlife? Uh, Oh, most certainly. Are you afraid of death? Uh, I was absolutely terrified of death as a child, yes. Yeah, everybody is. The book of Hebrews in the Bible says we are captive to the fear of death or haunted by the fear of death, as the Amplified Bible says, haunted by the fear of death all our lifetime. Every single human being is afraid of dying. Some admit it, some are too proud to admit it. But when you admit it, you're showing humility before God and and it opens the door for you. Let me ask another question. Do you ever think about your own mortality? Mm, Yes, frequently. Yeah, I think we probably all do because it's coming for all of us. Yeah. Now, I've got a question for you. Ever read the Bible? Mm, I've picked it up a time or two. Do you know the Old Testament? In the Old Testament, God promised he would destroy death, and in the New Testament, it tells us how he did it. Did you know that? Hmm, I, I've heard that. Yeah, interested? Uh, yeah, you know, I think I would like to know a little more about that, especially since I'm terrified of death still here. <laughs> yeah, of course you do, because you're not a dog or horse or cat or a cow. You're a human being made in the image of God, with a will to live. Something in you says, oh, I don't want to die. That's your God-given will to live. And because the Bible says God has written eternity upon your heart. So I want to talk to you about why we die according to the Bible and what we can do about it. Have you ever heard the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? Mm-hmm. I have. It's very famous. It's saying God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks at a heinous criminal that's committed multiple murders, but continues to insist that he's a good person. So the judge says, I'm going to show you how serious your crime is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what you've earned. This is what's due to you. And Jay's sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row. Your death will be evidence to you that God is deadly serious about sin. Now, here's the big question. And you're talking as a non-Christian, Jay. Do you think God is justified in giving you the death sentence, or do you think you're a good person? Mm. I actually have done a lot of good things, so I think he would let me off. Okay. Do you know Jesus said there's none good but God? The Bible says that God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if any that did good. And there's none that sought after him. There's none that did good. So God's standard of goodness means moral perfection. And when you judge yourself, by his standard, not ours, by our standard, we are pretty good, but by his standard, we're not good. Our heart is deceitfully wicked. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through the Ten Commandments. Familiar with them? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, they're written on your heart by your conscience. You intuitively know it's wrong to lie and steal and murder and commit adultery. So we're going to go through the commandments. Can you be honest with me? Yes, I certainly will try. How many lies have you told in your life? Oh, my. <laughs> you would have to start with that one. I, I'm not going to try to count those. Yeah, so what do you call someone who tells lies? Uh, that would be a liar. Have you ever stolen something, even if it's small, in your whole life, irrespective of its value? Mm. Yeah, I'm sure I have. So what do you call someone who steals? How about a thief? So what are you? Uh, well, so far, I'm a liar and a thief. Okay, do you still think you're a good person? Um, hmm. Well, I think those are such small things compared to somebody who, you know, kills somebody or something. I'm still pretty good. Okay, well, go to the third commandment. See if we can get rid of that. Ever use God's name in vain? Um, yeah, I have done that a few times. Yeah, that's taken God's holy name. The godly Jews won't even speak because it's so holy and using it in place of a filth word to express disgust. Jay, that's called blasphemy, punishable by death in the Old Testament. Appreciate your honesty. Jesus said if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery already with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Mm, I was afraid you were going to ask that one, especially when I'm on the radio here. So <laughs> I'm going to have to admit to that one. Yeah. Okay. So here's a quick summation of your court case. I'm not judging you. This is for you to judge yourself. You've told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, stolter at heart who is self-righteous and saying you're a good person when it's obvious you're not. You're like the rest of us. So if God judges you by the Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, you're going to be innocent or guilty. Wow. After that explanation, I'm going for guilty. Heaven or hell? Um, hmm. Boy. I guess if we have to go by God's standard, it would be hell. Yeah, the Bible says all liars of their part in the lake of fire, no thief, no adulterer, no fornicator, will inherit God's kingdom, so you're in big trouble. Now, I heard you say before that you do good. Do you think that will help you? Will it balance the scales on Judgment Day? You're guilty, but you've done good things. Will that help? Uh, I sure wish it would, but you're making it apparent that I don't think it will. No, it won't. It's like being a court of law, being guilty of serious crime like robbing a bank and shooting a guard. And you say, Judge, I am guilty, but I want you to take into account that I do good things. The judge is going to say, what are you talking about? This is a court of law. You're not here to be judged on the good things you do, but on the crimes you've committed. That's how justice works. It's exactly the same with God, and yet millions, even billions, are thinking they're going to even the scales by doing good works or religious works etc. But they won't. God will not be bribed. The only thing that can save us is God's mercy. Now, do you know what God did for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Mm. I've heard a lot about Jesus and that he went to the cross for me, but I've never really, I guess, believed or understood it. Yeah, most people have heard about that. I mean, how can we miss out? We celebrated it at Easter worldwide. Billions of people remember that, but they don't understand this. And if Jay, if you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he cried out, it is finished. Just before he died, he was saying, paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays those fines. He says, you're guilty, but someone's paid your fine, you're out of here. And it's legal. He can let you go because someone paid your fine. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. 
He paid our fine in full. That means God can legally take the death sentence off you, let you live forever, all because of the death and resurrection of the Savior. All you have to do to find everlasting life is repent of your sins. That is, turn from them. Don't say, I'm a Christian, but you fornicate and continue to lie and steal and blaspheme and commit adultery. That's playing the hypocrite. It means nothing. You're just fooling yourself. You've got to be genuine in your repentance. And then put your trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you're going to jump out of a plane ten thousand feet, why would you put on a parachute? I would not even. Uh, I don't even like thinking of jumping out of. Remember my terrified of death here, but uh, yeah, I I would definitely put on the parachute, and I'm sure I would uh, want to use that. Yeah, and your motivation is fear. You fear dying, so the parachute's doing you a favor. That fear is your friend. It's not your enemy. And because I love you, I've tried to put the fear of God in you today. Hope you'll see that fear is your friend, not your enemy. Because it'll make you mean business with God. It'll make you come to the foot of the cross so you understand what Christ did for you and find everlasting life through trust in Him. So please think about this because you may be dead tomorrow. 150,000 people die every 24 hours. And if you die in your sins, you're going to hell. If you die in Christ, you've got everlasting life. So. Get before the Lord and say, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I trust in Jesus for my salvation. And you've got his promise, and he cannot lie. You'll pass from death to life, all because of his mercy. I am going to do that. I sure appreciate you sharing this with me. You know, Jay, a lot of people actually say that. The thing about it, I'm saying really harsh things, but they're seeing my motivation as one of love and concern. And it's like a doctor looks at a patient, and he sees the patient has got a terminal disease. But the patient thinks he's well. He looks well, he goes to the gym every day, he's fit and healthy, and so he thinks. But you know, he's dying, he's got two weeks to live because you've seen the x-rays. You have a cure for him, should you give him the cure or show him the x-rays? As a doctor, which one would you give him, the x-rays or the cure? He thinks he's well, and so he's going to say, doctor, why are you giving me this cure? Look at me, I'm fit and healthy. You're annoying, get out of here. It's not going to make sense to him. But if you take the time to show him the x-rays, Make him sweat a little. Make his heart palpitate to a point where he says, Oh, Doc, I can see this is serious. I'm not healthy. What should I do? Then he's ready for the cure. He's going to appreciate it and appropriate it because he's seen his disease, so he appreciates the cure. And what modern evangelism has done is it's run around giving the cure. John 3.16, the God's love of the world. Everyone says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tell me that. Don't push religion on me. I'm a good person. No, they don't need the cure. They need the x-rays of the commandments. The commandments are showing us we're sinning. The commandments show us we drink iniquity like water. We love darkness, hate the light. And it shows us that God is justified in damning us. And so we say, whoa, I'm not a good person. I need the cure of the gospel. And they'll embrace it and not turn their back from Christ Mm. because he's taken the time to do what Jesus did. Yeah, amen. Well, and I have a follow-up that I want to bring up here, but we're going to have to take a break, and then I will do that. But I want to let the listener know that Ray and myself here, we've gone through a fictitious example, but there was nothing fictitious about the message, the gospel message that was borne out uh, in that example. So understand the example itself was fictitious, but the gospel of Jesus Christ is by no means not. And I want to encourage you, if you are listening to that, And maybe you are relating to some of that. Maybe you're someone who, as I was pretending to be, has heard this message about Jesus but never really understood, never received Jesus Christ. 
as your personal Lord and Savior, reach out to me at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum again is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. And as I said, I've got a number of things I'd like to be able to ask Ray here yet in this broadcast, but uh, we've got just a few minutes left, so we'll come back from the break. And then again, we'll continue with more on a second edition too. So stay with me on The Plum Line. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Support for The Plumb Line is provided by these fine business sponsors, Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. My guest is Ray Comfort, founder and CEO of Living Waters. We're talking about biblical evangelism, the way that Jesus did it. The way of the master, in fact, is the name of this method, if you want to call it that, that Living Waters has employed and taught to millions, I'm sure. And so, Ray, as we come back here, we only have a few minutes left in this first of a two-part series. And I do want to ask you, though, and you kind of got into this right at the end of our example that we uh, laid out there of the gospel message and how we can do it in a biblical manner. But I want to ask you why this particular method is effective at preventing false conversions, because I know you talk a lot about, in writing the opening remarks that you made, you referred to false conversions, but why is this effective against keeping from false conversions? Yeah, the Bible says the law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. The purpose of a schoolmaster is to teach. The Bible speaks of teaching sinners in the way. So when you look at the parable of the sower, it gives three false conversions, the stony ground hearer, the thorny ground hearer, the wayside hearer, and there's the good soil hearer who hears the word and understands. That's the key, and that's why Philip the Evangelist said to Ethiopian eunuch, he said, you understand what you're reading. So it's vital that when someone comes to Christ, they understand their own sinfulness, they understand what Jesus did on the cross, they understand repentance, and faith in Jesus, and that's the way to do it, to turn the soil of the heart, because the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 3, there is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God. But God has given us a tool to bring about understanding, and that's the Ten Commandments. They show us we've sinned, they show us our need of a Savior, they show us our danger. Talking before about the will to live that people have, if the world only knew what we have in Christ, they would ask us, And I liken it to a waitress who looks up and sees three businessmen come into her restaurant. They sit down. They're wearing three-piece suits. They're very sharp-looking. They've got little briefcases. Is she hesitant to walk up and speak to them? Of course not. She walks up, and in the middle of their conversation, wheeling and dealing millions of dollars, she says, can I take your order? Why is she so bold? 
It's because she knows she has what they want, food. And that's why she's bold. And you and I have what this world wants. They've got to cry within their heart of, oh, I don't want to die. And so we need to tap into that with boldness because we have what the world wants, everlasting life in Christ. And this is what happened with the woman at the well. When Jesus spoke to her, he said, if you knew who it was that speaks to you, you would ask him and he'd give you living water. And so what we've got to do is be bold because we know we have what this world wants and relate to them as Jesus did with the woman at the well. She had committed adultery and he used the commandment to bring the knowledge of sin and prepare her heart for grace. Mm, exactly. Well, if that gospel presentation that Ray and I went through just a few minutes ago kind of struck home with you, I want to share my email address again because I want uh, folks to reach out and love to visit with you more about this. I can put you in contact with Living Waters as well. They've got lots of great people who would love, I'm sure, to speak with you more about this. And we just really want to focus some attention, laser light upon this reality, as Ray has uh, referred to, that there are a lot of false converts out there in the world, and there's nothing more disturbing than that. You know, there are a lot of people who haven't heard the gospel or have rejected it for one reason or another, but those who go through life thinking that they're okay and then, you know, come to the end of life and realize, you know, I never really believed, never really put my faith in Jesus Christ. That's the saddest thing of all. And so we want to do what we can by God's grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit to prevent that false conversion situation. And one of the great ways of doing that is by using a biblical evangelism method here like we've been talking about. And so the email address where you can reach out to me if you've been tuning in here and maybe in the back of your mind questioning or thinking, you know, the Apostle Paul told us we are to test ourselves, examine ourselves, make sure that we are in the faith. And that's, I guess, what you could use this broadcast for is to do that. Reach out to me at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum again is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. That's all the time I'm going to have for this broadcast, unfortunately. But as I said, we'll be back with uh, Ray Comfort on the next edition of The Plumline, where we'll focus specifically on reaching Jehovah's Witnesses. So if you are one who maybe has some encounters at your doorstep with them, or maybe you have some relatives that are Jehovah's Witnesses, maybe you're a Jehovah's Witness yourself, well, you're going to want to come back and hear the broadcast with Ray on the next edition of The Plumline. Again, my email is theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plumline. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 